This is the most ambitiously brave thing they've ever done. Straight up. Like this is the anything they've ever done. Ever. Ever, ever, oh, ever. Come on, ever. Man. I'm gonna tell you why. You ready? You sitting down? Yes, I'm I'm down. Because okay. yeah, you might ready. fucking pass out because you're so stupid. Um, this is the most <laughs> ambitious, brave thing they've ever done. It's the last song of the album. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we get into a different band, a different artist, and we uh, we listen to one of the records. We break it down. We try to dissect it the best we can, yeah. and we try to have a good time doing it. So my name is Tyler, and way out there, hundreds of miles away, is Jeff. While you're listening, go to Spotify. Give us five stars and five stars only. Go to Apple Podcasts. Also, give us five stars on there. Please go do that. Uh, all the social media is at Asinine Radio. Tell all your friends and family about us. Uh, subscribe to us. Please go do that. And um, what do we have? Discord. We have a Discord server. If you want to join that, let us know. We'll send you the link. We have a phone number you can call. It is 503-893-5307. So get into that. Or if you're a little bit lazy, like all of us, you can go into the description of this episode, scroll down a bit, leave us a message on there. That'll be great too. So go do that. And um, that's all I got for the boring intro. So what do you? What are we doing today, Jeff? Go. We oh, we are go. doing oh. We we are doing the Mars Voltas, the Mars Voltas.
the Mars Volta formed in 2001 in El Paso, Texas by Omar Rodriguez Lopez on guitar, Cedric Bixler Zavala on vocals, Ava Gardner on bass, Ike Owens on keys, Jeremy Ward on sound manipulation, and Blake Fleming on drums. They currently have seven full-length records, two EPs, and one live record. But what we're doing today is the Mars Volta's The Mars Volta, or as some say, the Gold Album. It's the band's seventh record, and it was released September 16th, 2022. It features Omar Cedric, Ava Gardner on bass, Marcel Rodriguez-Lopez on synthesizer and percussion, and Willie Willie Rodriguez (laughs) Quinonez on drums. So there you go. Those are some names. Uh, So, Jeff, let's get into... um, Let's get into our origin story of the Mars Volta, and then also our first impressions of this new record, the Mars Volta, the Mars Volta, or the Gold Record. So, what do you got? Go. We've we've done we've done them like multiple times, and every time I don't remember exactly what it was, but it had to have been through you, and I know it was through you. That's at, at, at some point. I don't remember the first time it was um, mm-hmm. listening to them, but uh, it was it was through you, and I don't. Um, you do not remember, I guess. I don't remember. Do you remember? I don't remember when you got into them, but I remember when I did. I don't. I, I don't remember, but I, but I do remember like like when um, when we when we all finally started listening to, to Laust, even even non musical friends, everybody loved Nurseyatic. Like it was fun. It was a fun stuff. Great song. It was a fun. It was a fun stuffs, and everybody loved <laughs> yes. it. Everybody loved it, and so it was just it was a part of our our, our growing up at the time, right? Early high school, yeah, but I don't, uh, I don't remember exactly when it was. So, um, but I, I know for sure it was with you. There's no, there's no fucking way I would have picked this up in my high school career. There's no way. <laughs> okay, so, so my my origin story, it really kind of obviously starts with at the driving because I, I did really like a relationship of command when that came out, and you know they broke up. I didn't really know they broke. I never knew they broke up because this is early early 2000s and the internet wasn't what it is today and um so yeah so that happened tremulant came out i didn't know it i had no idea what the fuck that was i never heard of it but then what it was was um k-rock actually local rock radio station here started to play delouse on the radio i never really thought of anything about it and then I went to a free concert at Best at a Best Buy here in uh, Anaheim Hills, Yorba Linda area, where the Distillers and Taproot. If anybody remembers Taproot, they you played loved, a free you still show. Still love Taproot? No, I don't. Yes, you I've, do. No. You talk about Taproot the fucking past year <laughs> like four times. No, oh, not Taproot. I'm thinking of no, not Taproot. It's um, oh my God, what's the other band's name? Trapped, Trapped. Oh, That's what it was. Equally as awesome. Yeah. Well, Taproot was better than Trapped. So it was the Distillers and Trapped. That's who it was. And they played a free show at, in the Best Buy parking lot. And during that show, they were giving out free uh, CD samplers of what was popular on K-Rock. And Inertiatic was on that. So I had heard that song prior, but that was what really kind of made me realize, oh, this is the same band that was at the, or kind of the same band that was at the drive-in. And and then so I, I kind of latched on. I really latched onto that song, and I fucking fell in love with Deloused. And I remember when, way before Francis even came out, like maybe four, maybe five months before Francis came out, uh, a CDR had like uh, leaked on online, 
and it was Francis the Mute. It was the entirety of Francis the Mute, but it was a rough mix of it, and it was only five songs. So it was Cygnus, uh, uh, The Widow, Mary, Miranda, uh, fucking what, Lavia, and and Sig and Cassandra. So it was only five songs. Cassandra was one long fucking song, and it was all condensed onto this one CD. And uh, and yeah, we my friend and I and his his uh, stepbrother downloaded it, and we just fucking listened to Francis like fucking crazy. But no, Delaus De is really my my origin and where I really fell in love with the band, and Inertiatic. And I'm I'm I mean obviously I I introduced it to you, and I don't know who else. I remember Kyle. You didn't go to that concert, did you? No the free concert. No. So it was just Kyle and I, a friend of the pod, Kyle, Kyle, Kyle. That's, that's a name. That's one of them. Um, but yeah, him and I had gone to that free concert and, and we had gotten the, that CD sampler from K rock at that particular show. And that's, that's really where my, my origin is with, with the Mars Volta and then joining the comatorium. So anybody listening to the podcast, you know, they'll know about the comatorium, uh, back in the day. And you know, it just, that was, that was a fun that was the wild west of the internet. I mean, there a lot of shit was said and done and you know, shared on that website, on that forum. It was fun. It was it was it was a great time for the internet, honestly. A, a ton of fun. But yeah, that's my that's my origin story. The the Laos era and um yeah, that's what I got. So, okay. what do you have okay. for your or, or for your uh initial thoughts on the Mars Volta is the Mars Volta. Go. So, so when I first listened to this, I listened to this album six times this week. It's not that long. Jesus Christ! It's not that long. I, I don't. I still don't know how I feel about this. I'm not even gonna lie. I, I don't fucking. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> there, there. So my first listen through, I hated it. I thought this was dumb. This, like, this is fucking pop. This is stupid. They should have just stayed in their hole. Don't care. Silly. And the second time I listened to it, it's okay. Well, this is actually, this is the most real thing they've ever done. This is coming off the coattails of, kind of like the worst era of like Cedric's life, right? All the stuff yeah, that's been yeah. happening to him personally, and and this is very, this is very choppy. It's very short. It's very to the point. And like third listen through, it's like nah, no, fuck that. I don't care. I don't like it. I don't like it. I swear to God, I went back to for, back and forth like three or four times. <laughs> I still don't know how I feel about it. But I think that's kind of the point. I think that's kind of the point. And then another review that I read, which I thought would resonated really well with me, was this is this is an album written by like survivors, and that's kind of cool because it, it is written by survivors of not just like a band that has gone through some pretty tumultuous shit. For, for mm -hmm. how young they actually are and and for for people for in, in their personal lives like what they've what they've gone through in their personal lives and what they've seen drug addiction and and and, and friends that have gone through drug drug addiction and suicide and it's it's, it's insane how much this band has gone through and so yeah. I'm at the point now where I love this album because <laughs> because of its if it's uh, how earnest it is I I, I think it's very I think it's the most honest thing they've done. I think it's the most upfront, honest thing that they've ever done. But I'm at the point now where I do think it's Cedric and and uh, Willie, the drummer. This is the, this is the Cedric and, and and Willie show, whereas everybody really? else is kind of in the, in the background. Huh. I mean, it, it it should come as no surprise that this like Cedric is is is. Uh, the, the, 
the main focal point of this album is Cedric, right? Every yes, song has true, has true. A, has aggressively loud vocals. Every song has vocals. Every song has, even when there's there's no no music going on, Cedric is always saying something. So Cedric is for sure the main part of this album, the main driving force of this album. And I think, I think Omar finally took the back seat. I think Omar finally said, oh, you know what? I'll let everybody else kind of do stuff. Let it happen. Mm-hmm. And I'll add little flourishes here and there, a little nuance. And Willie, the dude's like a, he's got a master's in fucking drumming. Like, like <laughs> I the, know. The dude like graduated at the top of his class and fucking drum. The dude knows how to play drums. In, ja- in, in jazz drumming too. Dude knows Not how just to play like drums. just like schmuck drumming. He's like the the, you know. the, the fucking yeah. resident drummer for, for America's Got Talent, whatever that is, in like Latin America. Yeah, like yeah, he, yeah. He knows how to play drums. And there's only one <laughs> song on this entire album where I thought he was kind of annoying. Otherwise, I was just like, God damn, dude, the dude is just beyond everybody he, else. But he does he does a lot of different things on this record. It's not just like one one kind of genre that he does. Like he's all over the place. He's playing he's he's playing to Cedric and Omar's playing to Willie. I think that's that's mm-hmm. what's happening here. I like it. I yeah, dig it. That's fair. I dig it. I do too. I really, really do. Um, I'm surprised you picked up on the Willie thing so much. I, I thought this was more, this is obviously a Cedric based record, like through and through a Cedric based record. Well, he never shuts the fuck up. No, there's that. Yeah, there's that. But I, I, I feel, I feel like, um, Ava, Ava deserves more credit on this record. Her bass playing is really, really solid. There's a couple songs when where it comes through parts. There's a couple parts on like that are more electronic based where her bass is almost non-existent because it, it is electronic based. But when she when she when she has her parts, she really fucking shines. She's she's an underrated bass player, honestly. I mean, what she did with she's with gotten Cicatriz, fucking better though. Like I, I I've not listened to anything of the other side projects and stuff, but comparing like Tremulant to this, like uh-huh. her bass playing has gotten like exponentially better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like it's and also, crazy. I mean, she she played on the original runs of Cicatrice as well, because Cicatrice was written before Deloused. So she, those are her her parts. I mean, technically they're Omar's parts, but when you go back and listen to the original demos, it, it is Ava playing on those, and she does have a certain groove that that Flea, you know, Flea's Flea, he's flashy, he's louder, but Ava is more laid back, and she can be can be like a subtle kind of squirrely thing, you know. And then you hear that on parts of this record. It's awesome. There's really yeah. awesome. I mean, I mean it, there's a handful of parts where I think the bass does come through. The bass lines do come through and drive the song forward. Otherwise, it's it's Cedric number one. And then most of the time it's mm-hmm. Willie. Most of the time it's Willie. That's not that's not a bad thing. I think it's yeah. just the way the album is set up. I think it's just, this is just a, a, a tumultuous time in Cedric's life. And he's coming out as being... Um, a new person, uh, you know, that he's getting away from the Scientology thing, the Danny Masterson stuff. And there's a lot of that going on and his lyrics, his lyrics, even though a lot of them don't make sense to me still. And I, it was, it was tough getting into at least tough. half of these. Yeah. But for the other half, like, like you could actually read his lyrics and say, Oh yeah, this is, this seems to clearly be about this and clearly be about this. And that's, mm-hmm. ah, that's a new frontier for this dude because normally it's just fucking gibberish. <laughs> I know it's it. You can't even decipher most of his lyrics prior to this record. 
it, it was a little bit easier than when we did the Lauston Bedlam, but even still, like it, I I had some hard hard times, you, you know, figuring out what he was trying to talk about. There's four songs in the album, but I, I wrote I, all I wrote was I don't know. <laughs> there was a couple, yeah. There were a few I that I wrote like know. I don't know, but I but it might be this, but I'm probably wrong. But who the fuck knows? I don't know. Um. I, I will say, okay, like, so, yeah, obviously, it, it is the Cedric show, but also, we we got to throw in Omar's production. I feel like he really sat down and just really tried to make an, a really good, nuanced stereo album, because there's some really cool stuff going on here, and I wrote, I wrote through a couple of the, a couple of, couple of these songs, you know, there are a lot of guitar parts, a lot of synth and, and soundscape stuff that by themselves are nothing. They're really nothing. But when you throw them into this, this, this pot of just noise, it makes something fucking awesome. So I feel like as an arranger, as a producer, this might be one of the best things he's ever done. I, I, would, I would not disagree. I, I think Omar is finally... I I think Omar's been up his own ass for so fucking long. He mm-hmm. just I I just think he has. I think he's he he just thinks like his shit doesn't stink, and he's like the fucking greatest thing that's ever happened to the music world. And this this proves me one hundred percent wrong. This proves me this proves to me that he can like sit back and let everybody else do their thing. And there are times there are times when like oh here we go here's a fucking Omar solo because you can hear him open up the guitar. Yeah, you can hear yeah, him start to open it up. You can hear that that, that kind of swell so, coming in, and then he <laughs> stops, and then nothing. Like oh my god, wow! Like like yeah. Happy Gilmore when Happy Gilmore about to throw the fucking putter. Remember, <laughs> like, here comes the putter throw, and he stops. And like could this be a new Happy Gilmore? Like that's that's what happened here. I I dude I was I was. For whatever it's worth, like who the fuck am I? I was thoroughly impressed with the way Omar handled himself throughout this album. I was with his restraint, yeah, absolutely. I thought that was amazing, and it made for for a record that, by all accounts, should probably be pretty shitty. Almost a decade after the last, right? It mm-hmm. sh- it, this should come out and be like, oh, this is fucking dumb, but it's pretty goddamn good. It's like pretty yeah. damn good. I was, uh, I was the first listen through. I was, a, I was a little disappointed. Even though I had very low expectations after hearing Graveyard Love, Vigil, and Blacklight, I was uh, I was disappointed, and I had very low expectations. But like I like I had talked to you about, and and friend of the pod Skip had talked about, you know, when you listen to this record with earbuds or headphones, whatever, it's a different experience. It's a it's a, I mean, it's a way different experience than listening in your car or listening on vinyl. Even the earbuds. I feel like th- this album was produced and mixed for that kind of experience very specifically because the way he pans and does certain tricks with the stereo, it's nothing crazy or insane, but it's just, it's just enough nuance and just enough quality arranging yeah. of a song that, that just sets it on another level and, and really kudos to his production because I've I've always been so critical of his production, especially on Amputecture. Amputecture is a fucking mess of a record from a production standpoint and mixing standpoint. It's it's a fucking mess. But this is this is something great. And and I know that I I don't know if you ever went back and listened to um at the drive ins Interalia record, but when you listen to that with, with just earbuds or headphones on, that's a different uh, that it's it's an entirely different experience. 
Like I, I know you go on bike rides every week or whatever. Next time, go listen to Interalia if you All haven't right. already. How much you do? Go this. do it. It really is. It's a much much different experience. The way Omar produced and 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 arranged that record and and mass and mixed it. You'll you'll have. I feel like you'll have a newfound respect for that record. I know you like it, but I think you'll like it a lot more after that listen through. Because I feel like that's where he really hit his his production game right there was was during at the drive-ins in Tralia. Like the guy the guy is a musical genius. He he knows how to he write is. music. He knows how to write songs. He's well versed in music. He knows how to, to how to properly articulate his thoughts in musical form. I, I but I really think like like his ego his ego gets in the way to where he, he needs to be louder in the front uh in, in you know the star of the show whereas this is the only time and, and I've not, I haven't listened to all of his 95 albums that that you have his solo <laughs> stuff so this is the only time I've ever heard him like like you know be the B team sit down and made it's for good. a good record it made for an excellent record this honestly is, and and I assume this is the record that you ordered online right so so I ordered this twice online so I ordered it once because I listened to it the first time. I was like, oh, this is kind of good. I think I like it. Ordered it. And then after I was done with it, canceled it. And then I ordered it again on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> so I ordered it twice, but it should come in the next <laughs> day or two. I think on Thursday it'll be here. Uh, yeah, because why I, would you again, order I don't, through Cladsill, right? Because I don't know. I don't know, how, I don't know if I like this still. Still right now, I don't know if I like this. Why? Because there's a lot of things that I hate about this. Cedric. Well, the, the, so okay, so he's the fucking worst. We... <laughs> he's annoying. You know, there are some Cedric parts that I don't really dig either. Oh my god! Should we jump into Blacklight Shines? Yeah, um, let's, 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 let's do that one first. We already played it. Let's talk about it. Is it is it a banger for you? Yeah, it's my three B. I love this song. Okay, it's my seven B. Yeah, dude, opening up the record with like a soft salsa type jam. We're already setting yeah, the tone. Yeah. Already setting the tone. I like it. It's a good mix of of later Mars Volta and like kind of jammy exotic. Francis type stuff. It's cool. Cedric's voice, his 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 vocal melody when he drops into that Spanish part, super smooth. He's not a great singer. Actually, he's a fucking shit singer. He's terrible. But I wouldn't when go he, that far. Jesus he's a fucking Christ. shit singer. He's garbage. He's 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 almost <laughs> as bad as Tom DeLonge. He's fucking awful. Okay. Calm yourself. Tom DeLonge is not a good singer, my guy. Come on. No, he's we're, not. We're he's not. But so Cedric is talk. far better than Tom. Yeah. Get but the but, but like but like the way the way Willie plays the drums is so percussive sounding, right? Mixing, mixing with the actual percussive, but then hitting the toms and the tone of it all makes it all blend super well. So that's when you're getting this super super solid salsa jam. This super this this like like salsa yacht rock is what this album is. Yeah. Like salsa, makes, I, I, uh, salsa yacht rock is what this fucking I, album is. That's a that's quite the uh, quite the description, but it yeah, it kind of makes sense. It like does. yacht rock is super accessible kind of bullshit music, but like it's still fun. You still like it. This is salsa yacht rock. Nothing wrong with it. It's super good. And like, but like Ava Gardner in this one, fucking solid bass lines, dude. Oh yeah, super solid bass lines, and this is the first That's track, right? So we're already opening up the the album with a lot of different layers, a lot of different tones, a lot of different stuffs, 
And then even Omar mm-hmm. throws it down. Doesn't like amputecture this bitch all up like he fucking allows that album to be out of control and musical masturbation. And I love I love yeah. saying that phrase now. I'm gonna use it all the time. But <laughs> this is a this is a jam song. This is a soft yacht jam yacht rock jam song with lyrics to it. Okay, it. that's fair. Dig it. Three B. 3B. So uh, I agree with you, like the, the, the very salsa sounding stuff going on. Ava's bass line is fucking absolute. Ki- it's just it's so fucking good. Um, I do wish the, the, the percussion was turned down a little bit in the mix and Willie was turned up a little bit. I feel like it would have been a I mean, I'm not a producer or mixer by any means, but the percussion was just too loud. That That's really what it was. And I feel like it would have been more. It just would have blended better. Um, I think that was purposeful, but, though. I think that was purpose. That was a purposeful attempt so? at blending drums with the percussion. At what point do you think, like, like him hitting the toms stops and somebody hitting like bongo starts? Right. Those those instruments are now blending into one new instrument to where to where it's just like an amalgamation of both into something mm-hmm. different. I think it was purposeful. I really yeah, do. I mean, it, it might have been. I mean. Everything I've I've said about Omar on this record and the last at the drive-in, it, it could have very much been intentional. So I, I guess I don't want to talk too much shit on him in that in that regard. Um, also, his subtle guitar playing on this—it's obviously never winky. It never really goes anywhere, but it just adds to the soundscape and it and and just the overall sound of the song. And it's it's perfectly done, perfectly perfectly done. And I love that part of it. It's a fantastic opener. It's it's yeah. a, it's a great thesis statement of the album, not the best track, but it's 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 setting up what is to become from everybody. I agree. I totally agree. And also, you know, kind of a little bit of background on this record. Um, when they announced that they were returning, I think this was back in May, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, all of a sudden, they they reactivated their social media. Johan was posting. I know we don't really care for Johan. But he started posting more and he said, there's going to be this black cube in like fucking Highland Park and here in L.A. or some shit like that. I don't remember where in L.A., but it was like 100 degrees out and this black box appeared in the middle of the park and people lined up. It was like a four or five hour wait and you go in and they play they played this song, Black Light Shines. This is the first thing that came out. And they played it in this box and people said it smelled like farts and BO and just, <laughs> it was, it was a terrible thing to be in there because there was obviously no AC and the sun was beating down on it all fucking day. Um, but yeah, that, that was kind of the first, the first, um, or actually it was the first listen of the new Mars Volta. And it was a cool, it was actually a really cool way to kind of initially promote the record. I thought it's it was a fucking really rad gimmick. It's it's, it's something that's it been is. lost on music for for since, since the digital age. Yeah, and they were doing some other things. I I don't really remember what it was, but a few months ago, like like a couple months after that that whole box in the park thing happened, they were doing like some some like um, geotagging thing where like you can find some box some random place in the U.S. or something like that, and it would play clips from other songs. I think it was. So it was like this puzzle game that was going on, but I never got involved with it because. That I just didn't care, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just I thought the the whole lead up to this record was cool. Um, I I kind of like the simplicity of the record from like an artwork standpoint, which is like the gold cover with the black kind of border and just the basic just just says the Mars Volta nah. over and over again. I like nah. it. I, I hate that it, shit. So. I think it's dumb. I think it's terrible. 
You don't but, like it? No, but like like if you're gonna go simplicity, then then just do like a black background with just the Mars Volta on the front of it. You know, like don't this is this this isn't that middle ground of like do we church it up or do we dumb it down? I don't know. Let's just do this. Let's have a computer render what we think <laughs> my, our 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 ideas are. And that's what this is. I think mean, I think the cover art's terrible. Okay. That's fair. That's Hate fair. It. Um it's okay, so worst, let's jump into the jump into the lyrics real quick. No, this is the definitely the worst artwork they've ever had. Like by far the worst thing they've ever done. Their best the worst being thing, the the best artwork. Um, I think it's be, I think it's a tie between Ambitexture and Goliath. I think those are the, like the best things they've done. This <laughs> is so I think, cool. I think Ambitexture and Octahedron. Octahedron's a that's a rad album cover. Well, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on with that one. Like like at a glance, it's just like okay, that's cool. But I don't know what it is. That one you you really got to kind of like look at for a long period of time. You really got to like yeah. Andy wore all that shit at like an art gallery to get the nuance of it all. True, true. Happy texture right I, off I, the bat. That's fucking dope. It is. Nocturnicate is really simplistic, and I really like the simplicity and the colors of it. All the dark colors really are like super that. cool. Like yeah, that. and like, it's like it's like the 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 sun, the horizon, or whatever. I, I think that's really cool. All the circles, all cool the, all the geometrical shape things that they're doing. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. Okay. All right. Okay. So, what do we have lyrically on Blacklight Shines? I thought so. This this is one of the few ones that I could actually I thought I could actually decipher and and pull uh, concepts from. But I think I think this is rooted deep into the personal life of Cedric and the dealings with with the Masterson Scientology stuff. The chorus yeah. the chorus that says like if the rain doesn't fall sooner, like that means to me that that he's waiting for like the wrath of justice to befall Masterson and the Church and Scientology in in general. And he says like the train right the train doesn't run sooner. That's like a metaphor, metaphor, metaphor for, (laughs) metaphor full, say anything. That's like a metaphor when people say shit like, like, let's get this train moving, right? Like, let's come on, let's go. Let's see some progress. Let's, 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 let's let's get it going. And I, I, I want to believe this is true because if we're, if we're throwing out the first song on the album, the thesis statement, this is a very personal record for Cedric, if not the most personal lyrically that they've ever done. And I like the idea that this is hitting home to him, even though it's a, it's a horrible story that he's gone through. I, I I like the idea that this is hitting so close to home and, and, and being very personal. Up front, yeah. track one. I'm with you. I, I think I think this is about his his fight with Scientology legally, personally, uh, emotionally, spiritually too. I, I think this is this entire record is very um, very intimate. Um, with his battle with his former life essentially and the um the rape allegations between masterson and and his wife and amongst other people and uh yeah he i think in this song he talks about how how certain people will pay for what they've done but he's not doing it in like a an outward kind of violent way he's just kind of just pretty much saying like you'll get what's coming to you um and that that's really the, this entire record it's it's his it's his awakening f- from Scientology like after leaving Scientology kind of his his questioning of questioning of Scientology and then everything that's happened since because if you read about all the shit that's happened between him and his wife and his children w- with Scientology it's fucking unreal that 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 it, this shit's 
happening in this it, day and age. It, that's the best word to describe it. It truly is unreal. That you, you read it and you think like, there's no way this is real life. There's no way this actually happened to a real person and nobody is talking about it. Yeah, especially a person who's who's a celebrity, essentially. It's you know? his fucking dogs, dude. Like, like, like I, I tell Renee this they all the time. They killed his fucking dogs. I tell Renee this all the fucking time because we have like the neighborhood, I'm sure like everybody has a neighborhood app. But like in the neighborhood right. app, people post all the time. I hear gunshots. Like the people break into my house. Nobody gives a fuck, right? But then yeah. you post something like, "Oh, this dude was kicking a dog. This guy was, 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 you know, choking his dog." That dude, that fool's fucking arrested within twelve hours because people don't give a shit about humans, but they care about animals. And I just don't understand how this was not was not reconciled, was not figured out faster. It still is not really figured out, actually. So I, yeah. I, I just don't I, don't, I don't, I don't understand how this is still left open. Unsolved mystery status. It, it boggles my mind. Yeah, from the stories I've read, you know, they, they, they physically attacked the dogs. Um, they also poisoned, I think, one of the dogs as well. I mean, I, I mean, it's, it's really like, sad to talk about, but I mean, tossed like fucking poison over the fence in, in, yeah. in the guise of like cheese. Of course, the dog's gonna fucking eat the cheese. Cheese is delicious. Yeah. They had to leave the house. I mean, they. I mean, they had to leave the house and go to live in a hotel for a little bit because they were constantly being harassed, being filmed, you know, amongst uh, everything else. It's just, it's insane that that a cult like Scientology can still exist in in this capacity. It, it, it's fucking unreal in this day and age, fucking right? Unreal. Like, yeah, it's I, it's fucking insane, but. I mean, we'll talk about it more as we get through some of these songs, but yeah, that's just a a preview. Now that we're done with Black Light Shines, yeah. what is your 1B? My 1B may come as a surprise to most of y'all, but my 1B oh, is no. the, uh, the last song, The Requisition. Really? Holy yeah. shit. This was almost a banger for me. This this didn't quite reach it, but it was a good song, and I really want, I do want to talk about this one. This song, uh, this song went, went two ways for me. Once... The first the first time I, I I was like this is fucking dumb, I don't understand like why you would just end a song like this. This is stupid. This goes nowhere. I don't like it. And then uh, subsequent listens, I I this is fucking fantastic. This is <laughs> this is the most ambitiously brave thing they've ever done. Straight up, like this is the anything they've ever done ever 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 oh, ever come on. ever. I'm going to tell you why. You ready? You sitting down? Yes, I'm, I'm down. Because okay. yeah, you I'm might ready. fucking pass out because you're so stupid. Um, this is the most <laughs> ambitious, brave thing they've ever done. It's the last song on the album. God, you sound like the news. But anyway, continue. Why? What, what part of that? Are you sitting you down? No, nah, just continue. Sorry. I, 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 I hope I hope you only pay for the, the, the edge of your seat because you're only going to use the ed- yeah, Dude, what, the, is that? what do you say there? that could have been that could have been a good joke but you what fucking you? destroyed it that was terrible i hope you didn't pay full price for the for the seat that you're on because you're only going to use the edge of it that's what i'm i don't even know that could have been funny fucking joke goes but that's how it goes that could have been funny if you delivered okay it so so but, this is okay. the last song on the album longest uh, of course and, and cedric actually trying to sing like some kind of professional karaoke singer here that was cute. That's fun. Um, this one's got a good groove to it, though. A lot of cool stuff's yeah. going on. He was throwing down some cool slides. So we have like the beginning and the end of the album. Everybody's like throwing down like good shit. Omar's at it again. What's cool about his noodling here, though, it, it's iconic Omar style noodling for like eighty percent of his leads. But then it transitions into that upward, like he's he goes upwards on the guitar for softer, more daintier, sustained single notes. 
So it's that mm. that that metronome arthritis, that dee dee and dee that whole picking thing that he does. That's the iconic Omar thing. But he's yeah. hit like these again, like these sustained single notes. He's ding ding ding, which he doesn't do a lot. Doesn't do that a lot because Omar has like eighty or something. He's fucking. Yeah. Yeah, got to keep going. But the third verse really starts to build this song pretty game nicely. There's this crescendo you Wait, can hear and you can you feel say? nicely. Build this song nicely. No, no, you said pretty gang nicely or something like pretty that. Pretty gang? Yeah, okay. Pretty gang? I don't care. Pretty gang nicely, too. Yeah, that's fine, too. That's, a, that's an adjective. Gang is, if you, I'll throw it out there. It, <laughs> you, you start to hear this crescendo. You start to hear this 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 build. You can feel it. And it's the last song we hear them building to this huge solo part, this massive ending with lots of noise and sounds. And it's, it just ends. Just gone. Yeah. It's just done. And when I first heard it, I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, you can imagine me, dude. Like, me and my, my, my peanut brain, my, my <laughs> five-second five attention span, my, my critical mindset. Like, what the fuck is this? Right? And so then I'm getting into it a little bit. I'm thinking about it. I'm like, you know what? What else? What else? What else have we seen in media just end like this? The Sopranos. And I thought about The Sopranos. I said, like, why the ah, fuck? Love that ending. So why the fuck do I need to be spoon fed my entire life? Why do I need to be spoon fed every single outcome? Why do I need the drop? Why do I need that crescendo to go somewhere to drop to where they are telling me what to feel? So when I really thought about that, the fucking ending of this, where it just stopped, it's done, we're over. If this is the last thing we ever hear from the Mars Volta, ooh. Ooh, baby yeah, boy. It could be a good I way will, to go out. I will absolutely love it. I think that is ballsy. I think that is fucking ambitious. I think that is, I think that's the most ambitious thing they've ever done. The whole, the, everything they've done is great, right? At least, yeah. at least, at least good, I should say. Octahedron. <laughs> Whatever. God, but everything, so everything, <laughs> everything they've done is good. Everything they've done is good. Nothing has been like, like ambitious. They've, they've changed the scope of like prog and prog metal. Yes. But it wasn't like ambitious. It was just the, the 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 general direction of the music at the time, and they were just doing it faster than anyone else has jumped on board, and doing it better than anyone else has ever done it. This, this coming back a decade later, dropping an album that is different than anything they've ever done, and ending this album on on a Sopranos ending, I, I think is, I think it's fucking unreal. I think it's absolutely unreal. I think they dropped a bomb on everybody and was just kind of like, yeah, I don't feel like doing the rest of this. I'm out. <laughs> ballsy I get it I, I totally understand what, what you mean there totally and th- really this song is all over the place musically they it just it's not that it's different genres kind of thrown in it's just there's no real transitions between certain parts and it just they just kind of do it for the hell of it or they switch it up for the hell of it there's some killer heavier bass lines they, like some distorted bass lines which is really cool something in I you know I mean, yeah, one did it on, on Amputecture and a few other songs here and there. Um, but for an album like this to kind of throw down a heavier distorted bass line is a little strange, but it worked fucking really well. And the chorus uh, melody and music is so bizarre. It, it really sounds like nothing they've ever done before. I, I've never heard Cedric sing like that. It's It was really something unique. And well, he's actually the, singing. He's trying to sing like a professional singer. He's, yeah, I guess, maybe that's what it is. He's doing the little vibrato thing. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like maybe no, well, it wasn't that. It was just the 
the melody line itself it was just it was just the song itself it wasn't even how he was singing it was just the melody it was i've just never i never knew i never thought that they they would add that kind of style i don't even know what the style is but that style to their to their music but it worked well it worked great and really the song drum wise is much more electronic than than a lot of pretty much anything anything they've ever done and even on this record it's more of like a like a techno kind of thing maybe a house kind of thing in certain parts and um i don't know i i think this is a really good song it's not a banger for me but it almost hit it, it almost became my 8b so I don't know. That's what I got. That's what I got okay. musically on this that's, one. That's that's uh that's fine. I, I I think this is. They've never done anything like this before. They've never left no, you I, hanging I like that. They've always resolved the tension. They've always resolved tension. This is <laughs> in a way, yeah. <laughs> this is un. This is unresolved tension. We've never heard them do this before, ever. And I, I'm not yeah. like a, I'm not I'm not as big of a, a Mars Volta fan as you or or friend of the pod Skip, but I, to the best of my knowledge, they have never left unresolved tension the way they did this song. <sighs> I mean, I really have to think about it, but yeah, I don't know. I you're right. I mean, and that's I what feel makes... like this is this is just such a great evolution for the band. Yeah, it's not as crazy and proggy as everything that they've ever done, but it's still a great progression, which makes it even cooler. It that's really, I, really that, does make that's it That's my one B. I love this song. It's amazing. Well, I, I'm just saying on the album in general. I'm not just saying this song. I'm saying the album in general. Oh, there's some stuff on here I don't like, but uh, yeah, there, I mean, there's one song that's that's almost a stinker. Ooh, which one? Which one's almost a stinker? Go. Should we move on from requisition? Yeah. Vigil. Vigil is the almost stinker. Oh yeah, that that sounds okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I heard that song. Yeah. I just I couldn't believe that they they wrote a song like this. I I I really I really fucking hated this song when it came out. It's grown on me a little bit, only because where it's placed in the context of the record, you can get through it and it it's good. But that 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 chorus that me, that melody and the chorus is just oh god, it's just bad. I mean the, I mean the chorus the, the melody is pretty catchy. It's catchy. It's catchy. It's catchy, but it's still not good. No, I, I really, I really don't think it's that great of a song I, at I, all. I, I also think this is like his version of a love song, so I, I, I really don't care about this song. <laughs> like at all. lyrically, yeah. Do you feel that way? Yeah. See, I got something entirely, entirely. I'm different. super curious for sure because these lyrics are fucking beyond my scope of, of so, intelligence. Yeah. So, so the lyrics were very difficult for me this week, but so this is just. This this is probably completely wrong, but this is what I got. I I really think it's about the realization that Scientology was actually evil and deceitful, either from his either from his perspective or his wife's. And this song is the clarity of either him or her coming out of Scientology, realizing, you know, this is what we what we've always thought is wrong, and. And that that chorus that because that that chorus is very happy sounding. It's very positive. It's it has that kind of airiness, and that's that's where I think the the lyrics kind of match that chorus and that clarity of coming to that realization that so they were dumb. So essentially, I, I I think I think I started where you were, 
it's yeah. really it's really in the outro when, when when all is over i'll be with you and and say what you want but i'll be with you that's when i got like the love thing of it but i i i think it's i agree i think it's the realization of of this is not who we are now or this yeah this is who we were then is not who we are now but no matter what i'm going to be with you that's the love part of it but i think like i do agree with the, the beginning part of what you were saying who we are not then the Scientology thing is -hmm. translating now to like, no matter what, I'll still be with you. And that's where the love thing came into place. But see, the love thing makes sense because, because I mean, I don't know too much about Scientology, but it seems like a very selfish religion. Like it's, it's your, the individual is all about the religion itself. It's not about the caring or love for other people. So the clarity comes when, when they leave the religion, they realize we have each other to care about and that's where the outro comes in when it when it when all is over i'll be with you it's that realization that you know in the end we still have each other and that's all we have like it's it's that it's that it is that realization that it's not about the religion it's about themselves and each other and their love for each other i so it goes hand in hand yeah so love song it is a love song but i mean it still goes hand in hand with with that the leaving of of the religion it's a love for the Scientology. I know. I get it. Correct. <laughs> it is. The, it's all about that. What is? Anyway, what is? What is your? What know. is your one B? Graveyard love. Okay. I that was that song when it came out. It was the second single, if you want to call it okay. a single. But uh, I, I instantly love this song. I love how electronic it sounded. It sounded they. They had kind of dabbled in this um, with Nocturnicate. Obviously, Omar had done a lot of electronic stuff with his solo stuff, and some of it was fucking amazing. But it was really cool to hear this kind of modern, almost Radiohead-esque um, style. And, and, and I, thought they, I thought they did it so well. There's so much layering in the song as well. Um, and I, I kind of what I was hearing was it was mostly all electronic maybe he was running his guitar through you know all these different effects uh, different effect pedals but everything about the song is is electronic and uh the production of this is um it's top notch it really is top notch okay so okay i i I think i think I, i mean the vocals too they're they're not overbearing they're not too much it doesn't sound like Cedric's really trying too hard. He's more just playing to like the subtleness of the song. Cause it is a very subtle song. It doesn't necessarily go anywhere, but that's fine. That's like Radiohead. Radiohead never really goes anywhere. Oh, Oh, all right. This is not, don't, don't. Uh, I did. Uh, so what where keep, does this keep, for you? Keep Radiohead's name out your mouth as Wes Will Smith would say. Um, <laughs> this is, I, I thought this is a perfect transition between black light shine into graveyard love. <clears throat> I, 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 the electronic sort of intro throws back to what I thought was some cool de facto type stuff too, which come into play yeah. later on. It's heavy. It's eighties. It's weird. It's a, it's eclectic. And, and the organ is even a little preachy at times. The organ's kind of up there. It's up there in the mix. It's loud. It's, it's aggressive. It's like, here Here's an organ, like you're going to church. That's cool. And that's like during it, the yeah. time where everyone else is slowing down to a crawl. Willie drops some really tight hi-hat stuffs when he finally comes in. And it's 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 song building. It builds a song very nicely. 
The last part of the song, though, has that synth sound. This is my 4B. This song's fucking fantastic. Yeah. The, the last part of the song has that synth sound that kind of sounds mm-hmm. like it's mimicking a horn, but I even went back and listened. It's the same fucking sound as Finger Trap from, from De Facto. No, is it really? I swear to God, dude. I fucking listened to it back to back. Is it that, 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 that thing? Dude, that's the same fucking, whatever synth they're using, I don't know if it's intentional. God, I hope it's intentional. That would be such a cool throwback. But it's the exact same sound as Finger Trap. I mean, I, I think it makes sense. It, you know, when it comes to, to the lyrics on this song, there are a couple songs on here where I feel like it's a throwback or an homage to members who have passed away, like Jeremy Ward, obviously Ike Owens. This could be a throwback to Ike Owens because lyrically, real quick, I, I have on this one, I feel like it's him cutting ties with his musical past, that being at the drive-in, early Mars Volta, uh, de facto, everything like that, and viewing it just as that. And not in a bad way, just paying homage to that. And that kind of makes sense. If you're getting like an Ikey feel from this, I, I can totally, I understand that. Because there are other moments on this record where I hear I hear a lot of de facto. Yes. Um, not, not in this song particularly, but there are a couple songs that I hear a lot of de facto. And him kind of throwing back to the past, his musical past. And this is a big musical past thing. And then the song being called Graveyard Love. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just, I don't know. It it just makes sense. See, like, 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 he's not being as abstract musically or lyrically as he used to be. I don't know what the fuck he was talking about lyrically. And and, and some of the comments and, and, and some of the things I read was, was, was kind of like along the lines of, of, we live in a world where you'd rather see things be destroyed than to just let it be. Then just let it be, right? Let let it be something you yeah. don't want it to be. I'd rather see you die than be with somebody else. Type of thing, like that old like that that old bicycle uh, uh, metaphor where it's my bike. No, it's my bike. Okay, well then the only rational thing is to cut it in half. And one person says, "No, I'd rather you just have it than see it destroyed." That's the true owner of that bicycle. I'd rather see it destroyed than 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 be with somebody else. The kind of the opposite of what I was saying there, and I I don't know that that's what I got from this, <laughs> but yeah. I, I I do I do kind of like the idea of where you're going with, and 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 maybe that's that's either that's either poor songwriting on Cedric, or that's just fucking phenomenal songwriting on Cedric. I don't know which one it is. I would like Still, to go with to the latter. Well, of but, course you would like to go with the latter because. You, know, you fucking come on with these fucking guys. These my boys. These people so much. I know. But like, but like, really though, is but like, but like, is that actually like good songwriting? <laughs> I don't know. Is it bad songwriting? I don't know. It is just. Uh, it's just so. Are you going to ask yourself ambiguous. questions and answer them? I'm going to because I don't know. I told you in the beginning. <laughs> I don't know if I like this album or not. <laughs> I don't know. I've canceled it already once. Okay, I might cancel it again. <laughs> I'll just I make you so mad that, that you'll cancel it again. I legit canceled this album already once. I was like, no, this is fucking no. Why did I order this? This is $25 of my life gone. <laughs> I, 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 this is, I've you'll, never been so perplexed. You're going to keep it. You're gonna I've never been it. so perplexed. You'll keep it. But it's only, like, I, I will only keep this because of, of the report card, because I know what I like about this band. I know what I dislike about this band, right? I know that I love Francis. I know that I really, really dislike Octahedron. I know that I really, really dislike the, that, like that era, that, that style. 
But then they put out this, and it's like, oh, well, mm, the fuck is this? So I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's too I mean, soon. really, really overall, this there's a there are a lot of ups and downs on this record. Like it starts off really strong, and then it dips really low, really fast. Not to say that the lows are terrible or or bad, but it just it's first, it's an emotional roller coaster. That's what the, this record is. The first three tracks are B's for me, and then yeah. the next two are are OKs. And well, then short I, story isn't it? And then I and then I have a B, the KDS, and then I have one, two, three, three, three OKs, and then a B, and then two OKs, and then two Bs. Yeah, see, this this record's all over the place. Up and down, yeah. It really is an emotional roller coaster. And I found every time I've listened to this, I felt the same way. Like, I'm super stoked as it's going along, and then I'm like, okay, this is kind of droning along. And then I'll hear something that'll kind of, I don't know what it is that triggers my mind. And, and I just, I fall, I just fucking love it. I don't know, man. It's, it's a truly kind of complex record in, in its simplicity. It's complex. It sounds so fucking stupid. I think what it comes down to is, is, is like, this is a well-crafted like Tarantino movie. This is a movie that, that on the surface is like, eh, that's, that's fine. But then, no, watch it again. Watch it again. Watch it again. Watch Reservoir Dogs one more time. Like watch it again. Watch all the fucking crazy nuance that is happening. And then you realize, holy shit, there's a lot going on in this one scene that I never even fucking seen. That that the whole I mean, I don't want to get into reservoir dogs, but like just watching a movie for the first time and you think like, eh, that's fine, whatever. And then you watch it again and again, and you pick it up more and more and more and more and more and more stuffs. That's what yeah, this is. Yeah. And sometimes the stuff you pick up you hate because the third, fourth listen to this, I was picking up stuff like, dude, I didn't hear this the first time I listened to it, but I did now, but I fucking hate that. Now that banger is now a fucking almost stinker for me because I do not like what you did there, but mm-hmm. I respect it. But I respect it. Yeah, and what what's so insane with this record is it's also how you listen to it. I know we've talked about it. Listening to this on with earbuds or headphones is a much different experience than listening to it on vinyl, than listening to it in your car or anything like that. Like everything, every way of listening to this has a, to me at least, had a very unique perspective and uh or a unique um experience for me uh but yeah i mean when you really look back at it too every mars volta is this way you listen to any of the records and you're never gonna really understand the full picture of it until you listen to it many more times even the octahedron like i mean i've heard that record I've heard Octahedron dozens of dozens of times, but the, but this week's listen of it was different because I hadn't listened to it with earbuds in probably since it came out, you know, and, and just hearing just the different, the different subtleties of it and, and just kind of going into that record with a different perspective just really changed a lot of my, my conceptions of that record. Nocturnicate was the same way. It's always been a very loud electronic based record that's been kind of obnoxious. But this week, um, it changed my perspective changed on that record as well. Yeah, they're still at the bottom of my list, my rankings, but I have a, I have more of a respect for those records and a better liking of those records than I did two weeks ago. So I don't know. I, I think this this really goes along with every Mars Volter record because your viewpoints are going to change. And when you think about it too, Deloused, our viewpoints on Deloused changed. Like our favorite songs, they change all the time. Yeah. 
And we've heard that record a hundred times. I mean, Delos is for sure like the 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 grilled cheese of this band, right? It's 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 the one you can go back to when when you feel lost or whatever, because it's yeah. it's it's comforting. Like God, fuck, I, like I'm not even a, I'm not even as big of a Mars Volta fan, but Delos is something I can go back to, and every single song makes me feel comfortable. Yes, exactly. But then, but then your your favorite of that album will change, you know, every so often. It's true. I mean, I like drunk ship right now is my favorite, but I, I mean, a year ago I would have said area Tarka is my favorite. Signatures was my favorite a year before that. You know, it's just, it's just crazy how an album can, your views on an album can change so drastically. We're talking, we're talking about, we're, we're talking about the Mars Volta, Mars Volta here. I know the gold album. Yeah. My my views with the gold record. Oh, there's only one gold record there, buddy. Hold on there, dude. dude. But like my viewpoints have changed like six times in the past week, and I, I've 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 never. I, I'm, I'm but that's just a cool my thing, brain though, real right? quick. I, I I love that. I love that. I love that. I can go into, I can talk to somebody on Tuesday and say, "Oh yeah, fuck yeah, listen to this record," and then on Thursday, they come back and like, "Oh, I hate this record." They, yeah, you're right. I I gave a bad judgment. That's on me. I fucking actually hate that record. And the following Tuesday, like, you know what? No, 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 no. I'm back on the bandwagon. I actually love this record because we're, we're evolve. I mean, most of us, except for you, because you're stuck in your "Got the Life" is the greatest song of all time. Most Point of us are. Song of most all time. of us are, are ever evolving stage of, of 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 learning. Like like we we love taking in information relating it to like current events, uh, our, our current feelings, and then also like a little bit of nostalgia, and that's fine. And then like moving forward. And that's what this mm-hmm. that's what this album is. This album is entirely that. This album is a lot of nostalgia, bringing out the driving stuff, bringing in de facto, bringing a lot of these other aspects of the Mars Volta, but then also like attributing to like current events, his battle with Scientology, his battle with 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 Danny Masterson, his feelings not only of of how he feels, how Cedric feels, but like how a significant other feels about yeah. this stuff too. And there's a song on here where there's a lot of empathy here because he feels really really bad. Because he doesn't know how to talk to his significant other about this stuff, and that's uh, lyrics aside. Like I've never fucking heard Cedric ever d- say anything about this lyrically, because his lyrics have always just been like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Yeah, they've always been so cryptic that they're fucking so real ambiguous. here. They're they're real here, and like they yeah. were sad, and like I felt bad. Like I was I was bummed. I was bummed. I've never felt bummed listening to the fucking Mars Volta. <laughs> I know because it's always so out there. It's always like a like a like an overarching story, you know. It's always just. But been, here, it, it, how it does the music personal. make me feel now? Now it's like, how is Cedric going to make me feel? And yeah. and as much as I dislike Cedric's vocals, because I really I really could care less about him. This was a, uh, damn! This was a ride. This was a ride. Yeah, that's a good one. So, what do you got for your one B? That my one B was was the last song, the requisition. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So what's your 2B then? The one right before it, baby. Collapsible shoulders. Are you serious? Collapsible shoulders. Shit, that is not a banger. Don't Do you have shoulders? Because they're collapsible. <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> this one. You're an idiot. <laughs> You're a fucking idiot. It's not even funny. It's not it's even so funny. funny. It's so good. <laughs> That's so good. I I, I, I love this intro. I, I love when Cedric drops in. It's I think it's heavy. I think the soundscape is super heavy. It's kind of dubstepy in a way. That's what I put too. Dude. It's again. a very subtle dubstep. And then like this is why this song is fucking great, okay? Okay, baby boy. Okay, put your shoulders oh. up. Put your classical shoulders okay. up. 
Like, like yes. you're fucking, yeah. The spoken word part, like, right? Omar's needling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's all a throwback to At The Drive-In. It's all a throwback. It's a tactful and fucking rad way of throwing it back to like At The Drive-In-esque. And, and this, is, this is what we do. This is what we do. It's a short song leading up into the outro. Let's throw a little fan service in there, right? Like like Last Jedi stuff. Let's let's just flick a little fan service in there. Let's let's make people happy. Let's. I don't know why I'm talking like this. Let's <laughs> circle around a little bit. So <laughs> but I loved it. But I fucking absolutely loved it. Collapsible shoulders. To be. Okay. I mean, yeah. Like I said, this is not a B for me. Um, I do, I do like that. That's very subtle dubstep beat. the The use of like the the whole stereo kind of dynamic thing going on that Omar was doing production wise was was awesome. Like he fucking nailed it on this song. But outside of that, I mean, nothing really stands out to me. But I know upon subsequent listens, I'm gonna find things I really, really enjoy about this this song. But uh, right now, it's good. It's a good song. I would I wouldn't change. I honestly wouldn't change any of these songs except maybe Vigil. But um I don't know. We haven't played a song in a while. Should we play this song? Jump into That's the lyrics? Right. I, mean, I don't know. I, I have no I actually have no lyrics. This is one I were I don't know. Okay, I mean okay, so lyrically from <laughs> what I get is it's about kind of being in a dark place, um, and the people around you they've always said that they're there for you, but in the end he realize, he realizes that they've all lied and betrayed him and i feel like this is him kind of him on his way out of the the scientology cult and realizing all these people that that promised him so much have all turned their backs on him and he's this is him reaching that 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 point of uh clarity i guess this is the best way to put that that's what that is it's it that makes sense because like the whole like like leave no like i never heard you say leave no man behind type of thing yeah where you feel you're you're part of a team you're part of a group you're part of something but then they treat you like shit and it's like well now that i think about it you never said leave no leave no man behind like you never said we're actually like family we're actually a team we're actually something so i don't know that kind of makes sense and i think there there was a, i can't remember what song it is off the top of my head but there's another song where it talks about how he was kind of, he was told that, you know, or he felt like an outcast because he was more of an introvert and he kept his feelings inside and everybody else in the group were kind of, you know, really expressing themselves and and being taken seriously. But he was, he was out, he was the outcast. He was thrown out to the, to the side and forgotten about by the community that he thought was there for him. I can't remember the song. Is it, is the Spanish song the do you know what song I'm talking about? Well, you, there was, I mean, there was two Spanish songs now. There was the, the Que Dios and there was the... Uh, that's what I was thinking, yeah, yeah. Que Dios. Yeah, that's what uh, I was yeah, thinking. Yeah, I was thinking Bumblebee Man. Bumblebee uh, yeah, Man? Yeah, Bumblebee Man from The Simpsons. I don't remember that. Oh, my God. The big Mexican oh dude in the bee outfit. No. He goes, ay, Dios mío. He says something like super funny in, in a Spanish accent. Right, I don't remember, but just okay. just, be, just just because I, I I researched it. Do you do you know do you know how do John? You know? Do you know? Hey man, do you know? Do you know how John met the Mars Volta? At least Omar and do do you know that story? They well, John was playing with his band Golden, 
and they they came across or they went they were at a show and golden was playing and that's when they they saw him play live who saw who play live well they saw golden play live i don't know if it was cedric or omar but one of them did and then and and then they met afterwards i think that yeah i think so i i could be wrong I, i don't know I mean, just, 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 of course, I'm going to correct you because just based off this one Reddit thread, which is now gospel, um, here, here, (laughs) here's what I got, right? Anthony Mm -hmm. Kiedis saw Mars Volta play the Troubadour before their, their first album and he was blown away and he told, Mm -hmm. uh, it was some like auto, uh, this band called Auto Lux. They were playing with the facto at this big bill. And then uh, Anthony Kiedis told John Frusciante, like, "Hey, dude, you should you should go check out this band. This is the kind of your style." And so mm-hmm. uh, Frusciante went to go watch De Facto play, and was like really intrigued. And then after the show, Omar, because in LA you can just after the show talk to fuck whoever the fuck you want. I guess Omar <laughs> was talking to Frusciante because Frusciante approached Omar, and they bonded over their love of like some some Spanish or French filmmaker. And they're like, oh yeah, I love, I love Jacques Cousteau. I just, that's the only fucking foreign only artist. French person you know. Only French person I know. I love but Jacques. Jacques Cousteau was, was a, was an explorer. He Jacques was, uh... Cousteau can never get this low, right? <laughs> For doing like fucking Jedi mind tricks. Uh, uh, he was a fucking he wasn't even like a fucking artist by any means. Jacques Cousteau could never get He's this explorer. So, so, so Omar and and Frusciante hooked up afterwards. Omar had no idea who Frusciante was. He heard of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, of course, but didn't know this was the dude. And so they were like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I love this. You should come over to my house. And then so Frusciante comes over. Was I think Omar went to Frusciante's house and he's like, oh, you have a fuck ton of guitars. Like, you're, are you are you do you like are you a musician? He's like, yeah, I play for the Red Hot fucking Chili Peppers. And Omar was like, oh. They're a pretty cool band. And so they kind of jammed a little bit, and then they realized, like, oh, that's really cool. So Omar gives him a tape of Tremulant, kind of like as it was coming out, before it came out. And the mm-hmm. next time they met, like days later, Frusciante had memorized the entirety of the album on guitar and told Omar where he could improve. He said, oh, I love the way you you did, like, this, this A minor fifth chord with an augmented seventh in this part, and Omar's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he was just so intrigued by how much musical knowledge Frusciante had that that, that blossomed into this, this massive relationship. Again, so, based off of this, this, this Reddit thread, but this Reddit thread's super dope because there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, 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 sources, uh, cited sources. There's, there's interviews, there's video mm-hmm. interviews, there's Chad Smith interviews where he says, oh yeah, fucking Frusciante met him at this place. And I think that's, I think that's really cool. I think that's really I think, cool. I, I think, think there's some, there's some of that that is real, but some of the timeline doesn't match up, at least to my understanding. So de facto was before the Mars Volta. The, the Mars Volta formed as a as a part of de facto. De fact, it was it was kind of one and the same. This was Cedric, 2002. This was 2002. So you also said the Kitas saw them play at the Troubadour. Um, that is like one of their first show. Is their first show? It wasn't well, their the, first show. He he just saw the Mars Volta oh, okay. play at the Troubadour. So their first show ever was at Chain Reaction, and that first show, John Theodore was the drummer in the band, and their original drummer was Blake Fleming, and they had recorded demos that eventually became Tremulant, 
and deloused as well um, with Blake Fleming. And then they fired him because he was a total asshole douchebag. And then they hired, they hired Theodore and they found Theodore through the band golden. Um, so I think some of that is right. Like maybe like, I think the meeting of Frashante was, it sounds right, but I think that predates the Mars Volta. I think that is more de facto era prior to Theodore joining the band or even Fleming joining the band. Cause Ava wasn't a part of de facto because Omar played bass. Cause there's, and Cedric there's, played drums in, in this specific, I'll, I'll just send you the fucking Reddit thread, but like in, in this, in this Reddit thread, it, it talks about how John, how Frashante did not know about at the drive-in in 2001 because of an interview that was done. And that, but, uh, that, that makes that, that could be true, but already performed with them by, by like August of 2002. And according to John, which is it's cited in a different source, Anthony's the one that, that saw the Mars Volta play at the Troubadour. And then, so the, the first actual meeting of, of, Omar and Anthony was, I think maybe it was actually de facto, but it was a fundraiser event and the band Auto Lux was there and the Silvers and Pickups were there. And it's funny mm. because because the, the the Reddit thread in question shows a picture of a, a fan site of Silvers and Pickups, but on that ticket, it shows like de facto there. And that's, that's, that's 2002. And so that was yeah, like... It that. must have been... It must have been Theodore wasn't even wasn't even a part of the band at that point. I mean, he wasn't even related to the band at that point because there are there's famous there's not famous but there are popular videos floating around of Frusciante playing with de facto playing guitar with de facto, both in Long Beach and in in various clubs. So he played with de facto live, and then a, after that, the Mars Volta was formed. I, I, At least that's I, I my just, understanding of it. I think it's interesting that that two things right one anthony kiedis is the one that that i don't i don't believe it's kiedis i don't th- that's what Frashanti says that's what Frashanti says there's an article well, that's that, stupid that, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's an article that that cites that but i i think it's i think it's interesting that that kiedis is the one that's out there putting the feelers out probably just because he wants to probably show up to show with no shirt on um and then probably, two yeah. That that they bond over like like you you don't meet somebody after the show like, oh do you want to hang out at my house at some point like yeah I don't know it just sounds weird unless you like some obscure Jacques Cousteau fucking French Why do you artist because the only French person I know should I say Napoleon <laughs> I'll say Napoleon don't we say Napoleon you can say whatever you want I literally only know two French people I'm All thinking right. right now I don't know anybody else. That's fine. I'm still thinking. How many French people do you know? Name one. Jacques Cousteau. Let's just say that. <laughs> exactly. No, I don't know any fucking French people. <laughs> he probably wasn't even French. He's probably like Austrian or something. I don't fucking know. I thought that was fun. I'm going to send it to you right now. All right. Yeah, send it to me. I'll, I'll review it and make the corrections later. Um, <laughs> How many fucking right, so, French people do you know? I don't know. Um... See, uh, that's what I'm saying. Oh my God, I was trying to think. The the French some, president, some some tennis player, right? Isn't like uh, Andre Agassi? Was he French? No, he would. Oh, that's was Federer, Italian, isn't it? I don't no, fucking Federer know, is dude. Swiss. Wait, what the fuck? I, uh, I guess I Macron. don't know. And Macron even, is the in, president of France. And even more important is I don't care. So therefore, all French <laughs> people are now Jacques Cousteau or Napoleon. 
that that's it that's it that's all oh no fuck that i do know french people the the chunk no captain chunk that's a, a hardcore well metalcore pop punk mm-hmm. french band or or from france or kareem benzema very famous french soccer player well i mean okay all right well he is french is he no, not you're right you're right you're right you're right is he is he not one of the greatest french players of all time that he is but he's if you're not Jacques what? Cousteau, I just don't it? care. If you're not Jacques Cousteau, I don't care. Okay. Okay, that's fine. Because Jacques Screaming. Cousteau can never get this low. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what... What? Um, that was your 2B, right? That was my 2B, yeah. Collapsible shoulders. All right, my 2B is no case gain. No case gain. That's my 6B. There you go. This is uh, this, this starts like an 80s new wave kind of song with that beat and synth. But then once Cedric comes in, it really takes a turn. Like it's it really changes. His vocals remind me a lot of um his his vocals on Interalia, the last at the drive in record. The way he he's he kinda is like it's not rapping, it's that post kind of hard that post hardcore style that they're best known for. Um and that Mellotron too. I think it's a Mellotron that kind of just plays throughout the entire song is, is fantastic. There's so many ups and downs in the song. There's so many different stylings in this one, but it never gets aggressive. It never gets wild. Like at the drive-in or any Mars Volta. It's uh, it's truly, truly something unique. And the bass playing, the bass line that kicks in after that first verse is fucking killer. It's so goddamn good. I think this is, this is just a truly unique song on this record. It really, really is. This one's crazy short too. Like they get a lot done yeah. in a very short amount of time. It's true. Yeah, I like it. Uh, the, and they've always of, done a lot it. of cool leads that, that that go someplace. A lot of things happen. I think it's a great song. It's it's like like you said it. They can fit so much into one song, and it's crazy how well they do it because they not only do they do it in this song, but when you throw it back to Bedlam and Goliath, the song Wax Simulcar. However, you pronounce that stupid fucking song name. That's good. That's another thing too. That song is two and a half minutes, but it has every it encapsulates everything the Mars Volta had done up until that point into two and a half minutes, and it's a fucking wild ride. And this is another one of those songs. Maybe I mean obviously not nearly as wild as that, as wax, but it still has a lot of it showcases a lot of what they're good at. But really evolved it. Or had it evolve, or I don't know how you would say that. But it's a killer fucking song. <laughs> Should we play a little bit of it? What, what do you want to do? We haven't played a song in a while. I, I, I was laughing at Evolved It. Evolved It? Yeah, that sounds <laughs> like really Like it's a Pokemon. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. That's why I, I said that after, you know, that's what I said after. You going to evolve it? No. Nah, I'm going to evolve gonna it, yeah. I'm going to wait so we can learn the TMs faster. Learn this I'm going to, I'll, I'll press B when it's trying to evolve. So it won't evolve. Yeah. I mean, um, if you want to play, you play. I don't know. I don't know. Do we want to play any songs? I don't know. We haven't done anything. I feel like I feel like we're just riffing right now. We are. We, we are. Whenever it's we get these little these little these little back and forth like riff modes, and we just kind of like go. Meh, 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 meh. That's fine. These I, mean, I don't know. What do you want to do? All right, fine. So we will play it. So here's a little bit of No Case Gain from the Mars Voltas.
No Case Gain from the Mars Volta. Man, I, I just can't believe they they put out new music. It's just so fucking cool. It's it's so rad. I love this band. Uh, so lyrically, what, what do you have on this song? I I, I I thought this was about Cedric's break from Scientology. The whole mm-hmm. the whole no case gain term. I I've never I've never heard. I never knew about. I've never. I I, I didn't know. But I, apparently, a no case gain is a specific term people in the Scientology world know. And that just, I, I think, relates to a person who's a who's a lost cause, someone that's that that's like worthless to the Scientology uh, cult, I guess. That's what I got from this, from what I was reading, briefly reading. Yeah, and this is kind of what I was referring to earlier. It, it was about him being kind of an introvert and not, and being that hopeless case and being an outcast within Scientology. It's kind of, it, it's pretty sad. I mean, when you really think about it. You join this 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 help this self help group almost, and they just completely turn their back on you, and then that was, fuck you over the rest of your life. That was one of the reasons the the Mars Volta broke up, right? Was because he was he was kind of like getting a little too too fanatical in his in his religious beliefs, and and it was Supposedly. kind of clashing with Omar, and, and it was just like okay, bro, we, we got to just call this then. Yeah, that was. They never outwardly said that, but it's been kind of, you know, subtly said. Let's just say that. I mean, that's, but that's who knows. What that's do we know? Most, I mean, that's not with most people because we don't know most people. But a lot of a lot of hired up celebrities who join like the Scientology uh, cult religion thing that that happens. Mm-hmm. We see them ostracize themselves from their family and friends because of it. Yeah. It, but I'll tell you, man, really like, I, we have never seen anything aggressive like the way Cedric has been. Cedric and his family has been treated. I, I just, no other celebrity, no other person in, 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 in the spotlight has been attacked the way he has. And I just, I cannot fucking believe that it's not talked about more. It's, it's not, it's not aggressively pursued. Yeah. I mean, when you've kind of read about it and read other people's experiences, it's, they don't think it's like worth the harassment and also, you know, not only them, but many, many other people who have tried to go, go to the police about it. They just ignore it. It's the And a lot of people aspect, believe that it's dude. been paid off. They've it's been paid the off. It's the animal aspect. Like my mom yeah. lives, lives in Anaheim and, and there was a guy and she lives over like in this nicer apartment complex run by the Irvine company, mm-hmm. but it's still in fucking Anaheim. It's nice. I'm still in fucking Anaheim, but it, but it's like the nicer part of Anaheim. It's right next to the stadium. That's next to the, the fire thing. Part. It's still fucking Anaheim. It's not nice. But it's no, not West no, Anaheim. No part of Anaheim is nice except for Anaheim well, Hills. Eh, it's still nicer than West Anaheim. Let's just say that. But but it, it's it's just crazy. Like like people can post all day long about how their neighbor is is jumping their fence to to you know, do whatever or, or people are breaking into their cars. Nobody gives a fuck. But this yeah. guy fucking was caught on camera, like kicking a dog. Oh, I remember I've, I saw that video on KFI. Yeah. Caught like fucking 10 hours later. Done. Yeah. Actually turned himself in, him. turned himself in because, yeah. Cause that video went viral. It was so fucked up because when, yeah, it was super fucked up because when you attack an animal, like when you attack a per- you can you can kill, murder, rape anybody, nobody cares. But when you hurt an animal, people fucking get all up in arms about it. 
And I don't understand like why nobody cared about like Cedric's dogs. I mean, it it I think it comes down to money. And that was a fucked up story. Like when I read that shit, and I was like, "Wow, dude, that makes me think." Like, what if people did it to my dogs? Because you could easily throw shit over my fence. Yeah, that that is wrapped in in cheese and bologna or whatever the fuck it is. I don't know. People are crazy out there. What, what yep. would you do? You can do anything. I know it's helpless. It's so sad. It's it's really fucked up. Why is nobody talking about? It? Why does nobody care? I care. money. It, it has to come down to money. That's what I it care, is. Cedric. Only I care. I care more. No, you don't. I care more. <laughs> I talked about it twice. You talked about it zero times. I care about more. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, so let's move on from no case gain. What, what's your what's your three B? Uh, black light shine. Black light okay. shine. I you know I kind of <laughs> knew you would do something like that, and that's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was good stuff. Uh, all right. So my number three is, should we wrap it up after my number three? Or is, there, what, is there anything else you want to talk is. about? There was, there was one song. As you say, number three, I'll, I'll, I'll look at my, my last so things here. Blank, okay. So blank condolences is my, my three B here. Okay. Should we talk about it then? If you want to, I don't care. There's, there's okay, one just, just song real quick. lyrically I want to talk about, but otherwise I'm, I'm good. Okay, so so we'll just run through this real quick. I like the the kind of jazzier drum beat here. Obviously, Willie is is just a really accomplished jazz drummer. He's fucking awesome. Super rad fills. Yes, and and the bass here is is a little squirrely. It's not nothing crazy, but it's enough to kind of keep you on your toes. And really, the the interplay between Ava and Willie is fucking solid. It's really really good. Uh, there's the synth in this really fills in the gaps. There's really no quiet moments. It's just this like soundscape or this wall of just sound, but it's never, it never overtakes anything. It never distracts you from anything, anything. It's just a really well-made song. It really, really does. It's a really well-made song. Um, guitar, much like most of the record, it's very subtle, little guitar leads, but nothing winky whatsoever. You think he's going to kind of do something crazy, but then he just, you know, scales it back, like really, really scales it back. And he's just writing for the song. This is, this is is the song. This is the song. So this song is not a banger for me. It's an okay song, but this is Mm. the song where I thought like, okay, here we go. Here's where Omar's finally going to open up, explode, <laughs> let loose. Because you hear that that wow, that 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 yeah. fucking that wah pedal come out, that super distorted wah pedal, wah, and then it's done. And you're like, wow, you've you've grown, you've grown up. <laughs> Look at you, you're all grown up. I like yeah. it. I dig. It's just it's just so wild, you know, to hear all of the guitar that is on this record and just how controlled it is he's never been this disciplined <laughs> it's this crazy th- right there, there is nuts. there really there really is a lot of guitar on this record there it's really, really is it's a fucking everywhere and you really gotta listen intently to hear it but it's fucking everywhere and it it, it still has a signature style it, it still kind of winks a little bit but it's never ever ever takes the forefront it's fantastic it's it's great fucking songwriting on his on his part but good stuff. anyway 
yeah, blank condolences. Um, lyrically on this one, I think this is just another another betrayal song. Uh, he he was betrayed by someone, uh, and he's never gonna forget what they did to him. And he just hopes it haunts them. It haunts them forever. And he just kind of dwells on that. He just wants them to feel the pain that he feels from being betrayed by them. And this could be, this is probably about Scientology and, and, and relationships, relationships he had with people within Scientology. Maybe, you know, the whole Juliet Lewis thing that, that kind of went down back in the day. And that's kind of the reason why they don't talk to Juan anymore because of his relationship with her. So there's a lot of, a lot of crazy things that happened in this, uh, this era of the Mars Volta and Cedric's life. So uh, that's what I have on this one. Do you have anything on it? No, that's, that's about it. But so what, what was, there's two more. So it's lyrically music, whatever, but equals three. That's an okay song for me. And then flash burns from flashback, flash burns from flashbacks. Mm hmm. (laughs) That's kind of, I like that, that title. And I'm going to write a little note real quick. Just hold on. Give me, Stretch, stretch, stretch. <laughs> so that stretch. that's uh, flash burns from flashbacks is my five B. This is, I mean, this song has a very Radiohead electronic sounding electronic sound. The little piano parts work really well with with it. I just, I, I thought this was a solid song. So, so like the reason why why those two are are of note to me because I think these are the most, as far as I can decipher, the most personal lyrics that he's ever written. So if we go down to to Equus three, right? This is, mm-hmm. I thought this was another song about Masterson, and this is a, a, a recurring theme, not about him as a person, but about what he's done, the ideology of him, who is backing him, but this time it's about like the empathy Cedric feels and and how bad it hurts him that he just wants to die, so Cedric is feeling things, right? Empathy, you, you put yourself in other people's shoes, he is feeling these things, and it, it, it's because he can see it's hurting somebody else so bad that he wants to die. And then flash burns from flashbacks. This one is also dealing with that, but like the rape allegations. And I think yeah. Cedric is, yeah. is, is coming to terms with how difficult the conversations are going to be with like your significant other. And like people, just, we can't even like fathom what it would be like to have to have that conversation with your significant other. If you even need to have that conversation, if they want to have that conversation, I don't know. These are yeah. this is uncharted territory. I think this song deals with that. This, this this song deals with like, do I talk to this person about this? Do I let it go? Do I pretend it didn't happen? Do I do I embrace it? Like, what do I do? And so these are different. These are different like aspects of the healing process that is coming up with with. How do you deal with this? And like, I I fucking don't know. Cedric clearly doesn't know. I don't think anybody really knows, but I think it's honest. I think it's an honest thing to, to come forward and, and, and think like, I don't know how to deal with this. Therefore, I'm going to write a pretty, pretty sad song. And the song itself is kind of sad. Like there's subtle like piano riffs going on there to add like the ambiance. And it's a good song. Not a banger for me, but it's a good fucking song. And it's kind of sad. It's kind of, it's kind of melancholy, kind of like drab, kind of like a rainy day in Portland. Just eh, kind of sad. These two songs, they they should have. I feel like sequencing wise, they should have been next to each other, only because of the lyrics. Because they a, they are straight up about the the Masterson trial and dealing with the um, her experience. 
you know, it's it's horrific. It's terrible. It, just everything that they've they've gone through has just been awful. So, what, yeah, what was I the, don't know. What, what was the song on 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 relationship? Was it what, about the 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 factories in, in Juarez? Was it invalid letter department or is it? Yeah, I don't remember. Uh, I think it was invalid letter department. That was about like the the factories in, in Juarez where like women are, are are gone missing. Yeah, it probably was. Yeah. I, I, because metronome, is, wait, met, wait, metronome. It wasn't metronome. No, it was. It wasn't metronome arthritis. No, I, it, I think it was. I think it definitely was in Valid Letter Department. Yeah, probably. It's just like like in Juarez, you like all those Juarez murders and rapes and not. It was terrible. But yeah. I think th- I think this is like similar to that. It was. It was. A, it was a concept song. It was kind of. It wasn't just a standalone. I think it it it, it fits in with the overarching story of this album. I guess I'm I'm in my record wrap up here. In my final thoughts, yeah. I, I this is uh, this this song kind of like goes along with the whole concept of this of this album of just we are we are a new band we are new people we are not who we were you know ten years prior to this we are not who we were twenty five years prior to this we are different we still have the same kind of like like drive forward in music that we want to achieve but emotionally we are not the same people Omar's not the same person Cedric's not the same person and I love I love that we, I guess, could finally relate to Cedric lyrically because, I, I don't know, I've never, I've never related to him lyrically because I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> I know. <laughs> he's so abstract and just out there. And it's purposeful. It's purposeful because yeah. he, like, he yeah. prides himself on, on being abstract and out there. So so I, I, I like that Like now, now I'm growing older, he's growing older, they're growing older. We're able to relate to each other even though I will probably never meet Omar again. After the first time we met him, <laughs> after that awkward moment, oh god! This, and you made it so much more awkward too. I loved it. That was one of my favorites. I, I, I just, you know, what I mean, like we people change, uh, people change. Hopefully for the better, and and this album proves that the Mars Volta have changed for the better. And uh, I don't want to hear another uh, another Delaus. I don't want to hear another Francis. I don't want to hear another Amputeur. Because uh, I want to hear this. I'm I'm fucking. I'm impressed. I'm impressed by this. Even the bad. Even the bad of this is still, is still pretty good. And again, I I compared the I I compared the ending of this to like the end of the Sopranos. At first, mm-hmm. I was pissed. At first, I was just like everybody else. I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, why the fuck would you not? I just spent seven seasons with you, dude. Like, why would you not? <laughs> why would you not give me closure? But then, mm-hmm. like, you get to the, get to the root of the problem. Like, why do you always need closure? Why do you need to be spoon fed every single fucking thing in your life? The Sopranos mm. is one of the the greatest endings to any TV show ever. I think it's perfect. It's just I, I, it's great. why why do we why why is this human nature to like need a constant like end to everything when we can't even we don't yeah, even why understand do you, our own existence for God's sake. Why sakes. do you need it? Why do you need an explanation for everything that Every you you consume? Thing. Let That's the go. biggest issue with like what's going on in the movie industry over the last 15 years. Why do we need a prequel for every single thing we watch? Why do we need to see an origin story for every single thing? Everybody. Just let it fucking be. Just tell the story, end it. That's it. That's all. You don't need a huge closure. You don't Love need it. origins, nothing. I, I Sopranos, Sopranos is a perfect show. Sopranos, Peaky Blinders, perfect shows. Home Improvement. Perfect show. Okay, all right, we're getting, we're getting a little, we're getting a little crazy here. So, 
yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I this this album, I still don't know if I love it or if I hate it or if I'm just blind because it's new. I, I honestly, I have no fucking idea. Um, I ordered on the vinyls, so so I'll be listening again in the next couple of weeks. But uh, for now, I, I enjoyed my listen through this week. Um, it's been wild. I, I've I've we, I don't think we've ever done an album in the week where I've gone into it hating it and then left like <laughs> loving it, but to the point where I don't even know what the fuck I'm listening to. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be a long con. I have no idea what's going on, but I don't think it is. I I, I think it's a more mature step back saying like yes we we've done all that before um but here's where we're at now i respect that i do does it sound crazy okay it's not crazy it's not perfect because not every song there is perfect no it's not perfect no but i think i think what this did is ambitious and again i i think this is some of the some of the most if not the most ambitious the marshville has ever been coming off the coattails of at the drive-in into into uh tremulant into Delaus, that's a that's a that's a progression that you can see, you can hear. Mm-hmm. This this makes no fucking sense. This is this is two point eight. This is two point eight. I'm gonna give it two point eight. Damn, that's two that's really high. I can't eight. believe you gave it this high. Because I I, I I I respect it. I respect how fucking weird it is. I respect how bizarre it is. I respect how abstract it is. But I also respect like how how it kind of like last Jedi this shit like they it. it it appeals to, oh. to all generations of, of Omar lovers. It really does. It's just fan service. It's fan service buried under pretty damn good writing. So anybody anybody listening, if you don't know, our world-famous three-point rating system where three is a perfect album, two is a good album, you're going to, you're, you're, oh my God, you're going to continue to oh, listen yeah. to. Oh. One is a bad album, but give it a shot, and zero is the worst thing you've ever heard. And you gave it a 2.8. So... Uh, kind of going off of, you know, all the Scientology stuff we've talked about. Um, kind of, we didn't even touch upon this at all. But the recording of this record, they they recorded this record entirely in secret um, because they were afraid that you know their hard drives would be hacked and the cloud yeah, people, people or, like you would fucking shell over them. That's what they're afraid of. No, wait, what? Yeah, they were afraid what? of they, no. They were afraid of people like you. If if their hard drive got hacked and like demos of these of these tracks came out, they were afraid of people like you, and and fucking friend of the pod skip, They're like oh, this is not the Mars <laughs> that we like. That that's what they were afraid of. They no. were afraid of their fire just being hacked. They were they were afraid of the fucking <laughs> bad publicity because shitheads like you. No, no, no. So, Absolutely, that's what everybody's afraid so, of. What they did is they they rented a house in um, I can't remember somewhere in 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 the L.A. County area, and they rented it over supposedly like ten days, but I'm sure it was longer than that. And they recorded a bunch of, of things, uh, a bunch of ideas and this and that. And then after that, they had they were actually sending CDs CDs of ideas and songs via you know the postal service because they were they were so afraid that you know if they uploaded it to a cloud service or whatever it would get, you know, hacked and just deleted and destroyed or whatever, this or that, whatever. So everything was kind of created that way. And I, and that's cool. You know, it's just like, it's just so, so different. And so just kind of old school style. And, and I really it's not thought that was, that was, that was cool, but it's in, not, cool. but it was done it's in a bad necessary. It's necessary. Yeah, it was necessary. Yeah. If these songs were leaked before they were finished, Hardcore Marge Volta fans would have shit all over these. This record was was quite the progression 
from everything they've ever done. I, I know you, you mentioned like, you know, you never really heard anything like this um, from the band, but if you kind of dive a little bit into Omar's solo stuff, you know, Tycho Zorante that he put out back in 2010 or 2011, the one with Zemena, um, that's a very, very electronic based record. I, I love that record to death. Um, that, that has a lot of the, the style or some of the stylings that you hear on this record um, along with, you know, the, more current stuff like the last at the driving light record that we talked about there's so much going on i feel like this is just a great combination of the weirdness that omar has done over the last 15 years that's what's like that's what's been put into this record and it sounds fantastic i i, I love this record it like i said before it has many ups and downs but with each listen i i like it more i notice things here and there and i feel like that's what makes this record so great is that I notice all these different things and it's fantastic. And, um, with that, I'm going to have to give this record, I'll give it a two, a 2.5. I'll give it a 2.5 out of three. Okay. 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 Definitely a 2.5 out of three for me. There are like the song vigil. I can't, I can't totally get behind that. It's not that great of a song. It's not. <laughs> it really isn't, but oh, the damn, rest of the dude, record like, makes up for it. Like, do you at least Omar's respect? Do you, do you do at least respect the requisition? Right? Like, if mm-hmm. if the Mars Volta never release another song ever in, in in the course of our life, the requisition that is like soprano ending, ender. right? Like, like do do you agree that's like soprano style ending? Like, just fucking cut it, done. Like, what the fuck is going on? Fade no, to I, black. I, I think that's a, it is a great ending. It's a great ending to the record. I like that shit. That's I never crazy. really thought about. I didn't think about it until you brought it up. But no, I I, I understand. Dude, the first time I listened to it, I had to like look at well because it was Spotify. I, I look at Spotify. I was like, is this like did I, did it did it skip a song? Like where, where's the rest of the song? <laughs> like no, that's that's all you get, bro. That's it. That's all. Maybe that's kind of like the entire record because remember when when only Black Light Shines was out and and people were saying oh. Th- there's no way this is just like a standalone song. It's too, you know, it ends too abruptly. It has to be part of like a big <laughs> yeah, prog song. Some sweet or something. Yeah, but no, it's not that nope. at all. It's just everything is so individual. Everything cuts off from one another. I mean, honestly, this the song doesn't really flow that well, but the songs are still really good. I don't know. If, if we'd have done this, like like this recording, I don't know, four days ago, I would have gave this like a 1.5. <laughs> I fucking hated this like four days ago. I just could not stand this fucking album. Oh shit, that's great. It's great though. Yeah, I don't know. All right, well, I don't know. Do we have anything else on this record, or the Mars Volta, or Tom DeLonge, or anything? Uh, oh, we don't talk about Blink One Eight Two. We'll talk about Blink One Eight Two all fucking yeah. night. I mean, you want to do that? Well, no, no, no. gotta wait till Thursday night. All right, well, thank you all for listening. You know the drill. Give us five stars on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Keep listening. Subscribe. Tell all your friends. And um, that's it. That's all. What? Yeah, so so Norwegian Wood is my, my number two. And then Day of the Baphomet's. But from the Mars Volta is my number three. It's it's it, it, uh, you brought this up earlier. I can't even speak right now. <laughs> <laughs>
was terrible. <laughs> so, I don't, I don't yeah. know. Like, who the fuck? Nobody even reads books. I don't read books. So if I open a restaurant... Have you ever read books? No, I've never read a book in my Since fucking life. I'm not an idiot. I don't read fucking yeah. books. What kind of idiot reads books? That's stupid. That's stupid. <laughs> That's dumb. That's dumb. I don't read books. I'm not an idiot. Okay, dork. <laughs> I feel like the vulture in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> This is the most ambitiously brave thing they've ever done. Straight up. Like this is the anything they've ever done. Ever. Ever, ever, oh, ever. Come on, ever. Man. I'm gonna tell you why. You ready? You sitting down? Yes, I'm I'm down. Okay. Because you might ready. fucking pass out because you're so stupid. Um, this is the most <laughs> ambitious, brave thing they've ever done. It's the last song on the album. 